All right, 1 Samuel chapter 31. 1 Samuel chapter 31. We'll look at this chapter together. 1 Samuel 31, the last chapter in the book of 1 Samuel, and we'll read all 13 verses. 1 Samuel 31 says this in the Word of God. 1 Samuel 31 verse 1 says, Now the Philistines fought against Israel. And the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell down slain in Mount Geboa. And the Philistines followed hard upon Saul and upon his sons. And the Philistines slew Jonathan and Abinadad and Malchishua. And the battle went sore against Saul, and the archers hit him. And he was sore wounded of the archers. <laughs> then said Saul unto his armor bearer, Draw thy sword and thrust me through therewith lest these uncircumcised come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor-bearer would not, for he was sore afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell upon it. And when his armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he fell likewise upon his sword and died with him. So Saul died, and his three sons, and his armor-bearer, and all his men that same day together. Verse 7, And when the men of Israel that were on the other side of the valley, and they that were on the other side Jordan, saw that the men of Israel fled, and that Saul and his sons were dead, they forsook the cities and fled, and the Philistines came and dwelt in them. And it came to pass on the morrow, when the Philistines came to strip the slain, that they found Saul and his three sons fallen in Mount Geboa. And they cut off his head, and stripped off his armor, and sent into the land of the Philistines round about to publish it in the house of their idols and among the people. And they put his armor in the house of Ashtaroth, and they fastened his body to the wall of Bashan. And when the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead heard of that which the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men arose and went all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Bethshan and came to Jabesh and burnt them there. And they took their bones and buried them under a tree at Jabesh and fasted seven days. <clears throat> Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. And uh, Lord, we just uh, pray for these that are upon our heart. Lord, uh, we think of uh, Donna, and again, are so glad that she's doing better. Lord, we think of uh, um, uh, Brother Donald, dear God, just uh, uh, be with him, dear Lord, and uh, continue to help him. And uh, Lord, we think of Deborah and Mike. Lord, we think of uh, Brother Wood's cousin here that he j just visited. Lord, that you touch her. And uh, again, we continue to pray for uh, Michael. We think of those that are traveling. Lord, be with Priscilla. She's uh, with her. Uh, family. Lord, we think of uh, Sister Pam's uh, uh, and uh, the loved ones getting ready to uh, travel from Papua New Guinea. Lord, please be with them and Sister Judy's loved ones and uh, the Muxlow's uh, children uh, that are traveling. Lord, just a, a lot going on. We ask you to watch over these. So we pray for Trace and uh, the situation with his wrist. Give the doctor's wisdom uh, concerning that. And Lord, uh, no doubt everybody has things upon their heart. There would be many unspoken. And Lord, we ask you to touch in those areas spiritually and physically. And Lord, in each situation, God, we commit these things to you. And Lord, I'm glad that we can put our faith together. I'm glad that we can trust you and lean upon you, uh, dear God. And Lord, that you just work and do. Now help us, Lord, as we look at this portion of Scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. So, of course, uh, here we see a story 
about uh, the Philistines and Israel fighting. And of course, uh, the Philistines, uh, right, were the, uh, the, the, the sworn enemies of the Jews. And so they're in battle here. But uh, I think if you look at this portion of Scripture, uh, the, the Philistines are an interesting or a realistic type of sin. If you look at them as a type of sin uh, in this story, I think it really uh, helps us see some things. As a matter of fact, if uh, you went through here and every place that you see Philistines, right, if you make a spiritual application and think of, of it spiritually, if you went through here and every place that you saw the Philistines use the word sin, you would see uh, uh, the reality of how sin is. So I want to sort of look at that thought. So there's certainly a spiritual application in this story. So there's some uh, similarities even. Uh, we talked about, of course, the devil having place this morning. And so there's some similarly sort of that message uh, uh, from there. So maybe the Lord's trying to show us something here. But notice uh, these verses. Now, just think of the word sin, as even as we say the Philistines. Now the Philistines, look here, fought against Israel, right? The sin fights hard, right? And the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell down slain in Mount Geboa. And the Philistines, notice this, followed hard upon Saul and upon his sons. That thought of followed hard means to cling to, to stay with. In other words, they weren't giving up the fight and they weren't letting go. And that's certainly a picture of sin in our life. Like we talked about this morning. Hey, we, we, we saw how in the word of God, how uh, we were delivered from sin and how sin has uh, no power in our life. But we still have that old man. We still have that flesh. And boy, that flesh wants to cling hard in the battle. It doesn't want to let go. Amen. It wants to stay in the fight. And so uh, think about that, that sin, amen, it, it's, it, it's there. And uh, like it says in Romans 7, it's what? Ever present, ever present with me uh, in, verse, uh, in Romans 7. And I think an interesting thought here in verse uh, 7, it says this. And when the men of Israel that were on the other side of the valley and they that were on the other side, Jordan, saw the men of Israel fled and that Saul and his sons were dead. <laughs> Look what happened. They forsook the cities and fled. And what happened when they fled those cities? It says the Philistines came in and <laughs> dwelt in them. So here we see that they forsook the cities and fled and the Philistines came in and dwelt in them. Of course, what are the cities? The cities were normally strongholds, right? The cities were supposed to be for strongholds. And now those cities or those strongholds, think about that now, those strongholds had been forsaken and the Philistines did not hesitate to move in. Now think about that thought. <laughs> These places that were once strongholds, in the nation of Israel, and of course, uh, God deals with the nation of Israel like an individual. So you want to see how God's going to deal with you a lot of times as an individual? Well, look how he dealt with Israel as a nation. So you can look at Israel as an individual. And so these strongholds, right, in that individual life, if you will, as soon as they were forsaken, the Philistines moved right in. So you can rest assured 
right? Just like we talked about another thought like from this morning, rest assured the areas that you don't maintain, that you let go of, you can be sure the Philistines will move right in. Boy, have I, have I seen that in the lives of believers through the years. Once they were strong in their standards, once they were strong in their beliefs, once they held strong to great and important convictions in their life, and for some reason, they began to forsake those strongholds in their life. And boy, sin moved right in and a testimony was ruined. A family was ruined or maybe even a church was ruined because they stepped back and left empty, right, those strongholds. So you can believe as soon as they moved back, the Philistines were right there. And as soon as you uh, uh, step back from those strongholds, those convictions, those biblical principles, and the things that where the Word of God tells us where we should stand and be strong, you better be sure, again, the world in sin will be ready to move in. I've seen it over and over in believers' lives. And notice what happens here. The slain, verse 8, 1 Samuel 31, it says, And it came to pass on the morrow when the Philistines came, look at this, to strip the slain, to strip the slain, and they found Saul and his three sons fallen in Mount Geboa. So what does that mean? They came to strip the slain. Well, it means exactly how it sounds, to remove their clothing and all that has value. To remove their clothing, right? A lot of times they took those things and anything that was on those slain bodies that had value to it, they were there to take it. And that's what sin does. Sin comes to take what has value in your life. The slain, of course, you know what? They had no power to resist. The slain, the dead, have no power to resist. The Philistines were in complete control. And you wonder why the world, boy, you look out the world, boy, more than ever. You wonder why they, they run around naked. You, run around, you wonder why they run around with no morals. Well, like we talked about this morning, they're controlled by the power of Satan. They're controlled by the power of darkness. They're dead in their trespasses and sin. And so sin has stripped them and taken their values. That's what sin does, right? It'll strip you and it'll take what's, what should be valuable in your life. That's what sin did. They came out there. They saw the slain. They knew that the slain had no power against them. Boy, the, uh, uh, the sin and the world and the devil know that you can't handle them in your own power. You, in your own power, have no defense against them. And notice that what it says in verse 9. It says they cut off his head, and look at this, stripped off their armor. Stripped off uh, their armor, his armor. So that's what sin will do. Sin will strip away that what is there to protect you. Amen. Uh, even, you know, in one sense, even, uh, uh, even uh, as a lost person in some areas, God in his grace gave some things to protect people, to help them. You know, God gave us a, a, a brain. 
God gave us a conscience, not that you can rely upon that conscience, right? When you study dispensation, you see the dispensation of conscience. God gave all these ways down through the ages for man to see if he could do it on his own, right? Well, can government handle it? Uh, you know, uh, can the conscience handle it? We know eventually, right? They can't. That's why we needed Jesus. But sin will strip away even what is there to protect you. Right? It, uh, young people, you got to be warned. The devil is there to strip away what has uh, uh, been given to protect you. He'll, it'll strip away your innocence. It'll strip away your conscience. It'll strip away your purity. That is what sin does. Sin has, it comes in to take away anything that would sustain you and help you, amen, uh, 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 to, to turn to God or be what you ought to be as an individual. Colossians 2.8 says this, Beware lest any man spoil you. Now we know there in that concept it's talking about teachers, but if you have that thought, beware lest any man spoil you. That word spoil means to lead off as prey, to rob. And that's what these were doing uh, to the slain. They were robbing them. But let me tell you, uh, uh, I don't know, a lot of times I just think of the young people when I, when I see these verses, but that's what sin wants to do. Sin wants to come in and spoil you, and it wants to lead you off like that lamb to the slaughter. Sin will send somebody your way to influence you in the wrong way like a vulture. They will prey on you. You ever watch these vultures out here? Sometimes I see these, uh, 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 I'm driving, I've seen vultures across the street and I drive around and I see these uh, vultures, boy, and they just continually picking at that dead body. Boy, those things are ugly, amen. And you know what? Sin's ugly. Sin's ugly, right? You, they try to dress it up, but that's what it wants to do. It just wants to pick, amen, and break you down, amen, and, and completely ruin your life. Sin will send somebody your way to influence you in the wrong way like a vulture to prey upon you. Verse 9. Again, look what they did. They cut off his head. They took his armor. And then notice what they did. And then they sent into the land of the Philistines round about, right? This old sinful world. They, they sent it out there. Notice this word, to publish it to publish it in the house of their idols and among their people. You see, sin doesn't care what it does to you. It will chew you up and spit you out, and then you know what it'll do? It'll get the word out. It'll get, that's why, boy, Facebook falls right in, amen, uh, to the desires of sin. All this social media, boy, they like, they like to get uh, these young people, right? I tell these people, listen, uh, once you post something, it's posted. Once you put it out there, it's out there, right? And sin loves that. Sin loves to get in these young people's minds, these, these, these poor people, and, and get them to, to, to post things that they shouldn't be posting and not want their parents to find out and all these things. And you know what, sin? Oh boy, it'll spread it around just like it did here and boast. Oh, look what, look what I got this. Look how I got this girl to do this. Look how I got this boy to do that. Look how I got this group to that. Sin loves to boast about destroyed lives. Just like these Philistines, they were glad to boast about the slain. Sin loves to boast about how it destroys life. Boy, don't, don't let it fool you. You get out there. You know, a lot of times I think about these uh, 
uh, what, like, like, you know what they call child stars, you know, like they were popular uh, when they were kids. And then, it, for, you know, they, they get stereotyped or whatever. And that that little thing like that, that, that you ever see what happened to that kid on Home Alone? You know, oh, he was he was like the little kid. Everybody thought he was so cute. And but you never see it. His life was destroyed. His life was destroyed. And you know what? The world doesn't care. Sin doesn't care that it destroyed that life. And sin doesn't care that it destroyed. It's going to take it out there and it's going to publish it in the world. Amen. And boast that it destroyed your life and ruined you. Just like it did here. It boasts about its slain. It boasts about those that it can take advantage of. And look what it says here in verse 10. And they put his armor in the house of Ashtaroth. Of course, Ashtaroth was a false Canaanite goddess, right? The goddess of uh, love and war and fertility. And so they were boasting, right? And uh, they took it to the, the, the altar of their God. Boy, that's what sin wants to do with the lives of our young people and anybody. Get it out there so they can boast, right, to their false gods. And so it says here, look what they did. And they fastened his body to the wall of Bethshan. You see, sin and the world, again, will use you up and display your ruined life. You see, why did they put on all? They said, look, that those slain, they were a trophy. They displayed their bodies like trophies. And that's what the world wants to do with you when it destroys your life with sin. Pay attention, young people. Sin and the world, again, will use you up and display your ruined life as a trophy of their strength. That's what they're out to do. Look at them. Look how we destroyed this life. Look how uh, uh, what, what we uh, uh, did for them. Their life is useless now. We've destroyed it. But thank God, we want to look at this one, verses 11 and 12. I like this. And when the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead heard of that which the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men arose and went all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Bethshan and came to Jabesh, look at this, and burnt them there and took their bones and buried them under a tree at Jabesh and fasted seven days. So here we have all these that have been slain by the Philistines. Or in that spiritual application, we have all these that have been slain by sin, ruined by sin. But praise the Lord, amen, before the story's over, we find out there are those that cared about the slain. Amen. Thank God. Amen. And before the story's over, we find out there were people that cared about the slain. What are you and I? What is our responsibility? Right. As this world out there, as their lives are being destroyed by sin, as they're living out there. Right. Uh, dead in trespasses in sin. Right. Uh, our job is to care about the slain. It says Jabesh Gilead. Now, if you know anything about that, you know it was a town in Gilead. Uh, it was located north of the, uh, on the north side of Jabesh, seven miles east of the Jordan River. And the city was kept aloof from the war against the Benjamites. 
Uh, you remember that story uh, over there in, uh, in Judges? Boy, that was, a, that was an interesting story, right? When they uh, came against them and uh, they, they attacked the Benjamites, about wiped uh, them Benjamites out. Man, got to pray for them Benjamites, right? About wiped them out. And then they, uh, you know, they had to find uh, 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 wives for the, uh, those men and things. And so, uh, anyways, that's where we see them. So as a result, the inhabitants were slaughtered and the women served as wives to the Benjamites. But then there's also a story about how Saul rescued that city. That's probably what stirred them up to do this. And the inhabitants in turn, here we, as we see here, rescued the body uh, of Saul from shameful exposure. So we have a world of slain all about us, right? The, the, the sin is out there uh, stripping them. Sin is out there trying to take everything that is of value uh, in everybody's life. That's what it wants to do. Take everything of value in your life. It does not, uh, it does not care. They're dead and trespassing sin. They've been slain by sin. That was interesting that Paul made this statement when he was talking about uh, the law and sin in Romans 7, Romans 7, 11. Right. Oh, thank heaven for 7-Eleven. He says this for sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me and it slew me. That's what sin does. Amen. It slew me. And so and on a daily basis, sin on a daily basis, sin goes out in the field. Sin goes out in the world again to strip them of anything that has value. But thank God. Verse 11 says this. And when the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead heard, verse 12, it says the valiant man arose. Thank God they heard about the slain and they arose and they said, we're going to do something about it. They heard about the slain, those that had been slain, and they arose and did something about it. It says the valiant men. That means men who are strong for war, men who have discernment. Men who are righteous in their behavior. Men that have strength and influence. And certainly that's the kind of people we want to be. As believers, we know we're in a battle for this world. And we want to be strong for war. And we want to have spiritual discernment. And we want to have righteous behavior. And we want to have strength and influence. Amen. As God allows us in the life of others. So it says this, they went into the battlefield. And notice again what they did here. They heard of that which the Philistines had done to Saul, right? They heard, if you look, use that spiritual application, how sin had slain these, how sin had destroyed these. And all the valiant men arose and went all night and took the body of Saul and the body of his sons from the wall of Bethshan and came to Jabesh and burnt them there. What a beautiful picture. They went into the battle, ready to fight if necessary. And what was their goal? They had one goal in mind. One goal. They had one mission. And what was that? To recover the slain. Amen. That was their mission. When they went out, nothing else mattered. Hey, we've got a mission, boys. Where are we going? We're going to recover the slain. Boy, uh, God has given that is our main mission. We must accomplish the mission. And what is our mission? Our mission, amen, is to be valiant. Our mission is to be strong for our God. Our mission is to be willing to go into the field, amen, and recover the slain to the glory of God. Again, we need valiant men and women today who will go beyond the ordinary, 
who will not be self-serving, but who will go beyond casual Christianity to go to the slain. It cost them something, and they were willing to pay the price. Not all went, but those that were valiant went. And notice what it says, and they took their bones. They took. That means that we took the thought of they, they, they grasped or, or, or to seize a person, right? They went in there, amen. And, the, and, and, and it, you know, I, I thought about when I was reading that, I thought about what the Lord tells us to what, compel them to come in. That has almost the same word, right? It's almost a thought of almost using a force, uh, if you will, to get them to come in. And that's what they did. went in here. They went and they seized those slain. They seized those slain. And here is notice. And what did they do? Verse 13, they took their bones, right, to Jabesh and burnt them. And they took their bones and buried them under a tree and Jabesh and fasted seven days. So you say, well, what, what was the purpose of all that? Here's, if you look at it this way, this is where we have an application. Here's what they did. They took those slain and what did they do? They brought them to a secure place. They brought them to a secure place and they treated them with dignity. That's what they did. They brought them to a secure place and they treated them with dignity. Now we know we're talking about bodies here, right? But if you take the spiritual application, what is our responsibility? Our responsibility is to go into the field and get the slain and do what? Bring them to a secure place. Amen. Bring them to a secure place and treat them with dignity. Sin did not treat them with dignity. But you know what Jesus does? He'll take the most vile sinner out there. And if, if if they'll allow him, if they'll allow us to bring them to a secure place, right? What is Jesus Christ, the rock? He's a secure place. He's the refuge, right? And you know what he'll do? The vilest sinner out there, if they'll come to that secure place, he'll treat them with dignity. That's what Jesus does. He treats people with dignity. And that's what we, as believers, we don't treat people like other people. We're not supposed to, amen? No matter who comes through that door, our job is to make sure they're in a secure place spiritually. And our job is to treat them with dignity, right, according to the principles of the word of God. That's what we're to do. And that's what they did. They did not, now they did not get them all. They did not get them all. But you know what they did do? They got what they could. Hey, hey, we're not going to be able to get them all. That's the reality of it. That's the reality of it. I mean, you know, but the thing is, they did what they could. They got what slain people they could. And that's what we need to do. Lord, if I can just get somebody out of the field today. Lord, if I can just help somebody that's slain, somebody that's dead and trespassing sin. Lord, if you allow me to go out in that field where the, where the slain are, amen, that are being destroyed by sin, that are being stripped by sin, that are losing everything that's valuable by sin. Lord, if you'll let me go out there and if you'll let me take, amen, if you'll let me just seize one person out of that field and help me to bring them to a secure place and show them some dignity uh, in their life by the word of God. That would sure be a blessing. You see, when you see men and women walking the streets, what is that? That is sin. 
That is sin saying, look at these that I have slain. You see those people out there? We see them every day. We drive up and down. Well, even, uh, 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 and you know some, that is sin saying, look at these I have slain. Look at these that I have stripped of all that was valuable in their life. That's what sin's saying. These are my trophies. These are my trophies. I've slain them and I've stripped them from everything that's valuable in their life. And I destroy them, and now what am I doing? I'm putting them on display. Sin loves to put those lives that's destroyed on display. These are my trophies. But thank God we can see what lies ahead. Revelations 5, 9, and 10. Revelations 5, 9, and 10 says this. You know these verses. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof. For look, thou wast slain. You see, Jesus was slain for the slain. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Thou was slain. Jesus was slain for the slain. And has redeemed us to God by thy blood. What? Out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And has made us unto our God kings and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. Notice that statement. And hath made us. Amen. We, thou was slain for us, and we were slain, but you made us. But God, you brought us to a safe place. You treated us with dignity, right? You made us kings and priests. You made something out of us. The world wants to destroy you, but you know what Jesus wants to do? He wants to make something out of those people. He, want, he was slain for the slain, and now he wants us to bring those slain to a secure place, and he wants to make something out of them, amen? And he, you know what he wants to do? The world took everything that had value. And you know what Christ comes to do? He comes to add value. That's what he did. He adds value to a life. That's what Jesus does and makes us kings and priests. So you see, those slain were trophies of sin, but in here we read about trophies of grace. When someone gets saved, right, they change from grave clothes to grace clothes. Amen. They get the change from grave clothes to grace clothes. So here's a question. This is a great question to ask people. Whose trophy will you be? You're either going to be the trophy of sin, right, or you can be the trophy of Jesus. A trophy of sin or a trophy of the Savior. Those are the options. We were all born dead in trespasses and sins. But sure, you've received eternal life that is in Christ alone. Be sure that you have. As Christians, as we finish up here, again, let us be valiant men. We're surrounded by the slain. But let us be those valiant men and women that are willing to pay the price. Servants of the Lord, willing to take the stand and pay the price necessary to go after the slain, net willing to go out there and bring the slain to a secure place and, again, treat them with dignity. You know, we sing the song, Rescue the Perishing. But in one sense, right, we're truly rescuing the perished <laughs> because they've already perished in trespasses and sin. We're rescuing the slain. So uh, I, I, I would encourage you this week, that's just a short chapter, 13 verses, to maybe just go through that. And boys, you read the Philistines and uh, think about uh, you, that, that thought of sin and how the Philistines sort of picture that in there and see how sin destroys lives. But thank God, at the end, the valent showed up 
and said, we're willing to go, amen, to the slain. We're willing to pay the price to get the slain and bring them to a secure place and let them know, amen, that they can end with dignity in their lives. Let's pray.